told me Our newborn king to see Our finest gifts we bring To lay before the king So to honor him, when we come, first week of Advent, our attention is on love. The following scripture verses may sound very familiar, so we'll hear them twice. The first is in the New Revised Standard Version. The second time you'll hear from the message. Listen for the call to love. Matthew 22 verses 36 to 40 says, Teacher, 
which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now from the message, teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there's a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs on them. So let us pray. We have learned to love from being loved by you. And so today, let us enact that love. Let us live that love. We know that what the world needs now is more love. We need to remember how much you love each one of us, and we must share that love with others. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning as we go to the Lord and worship together? Let's sing to him. For the
for our Savior. Come, let us adore the one who came for us. Glory in the highest, praise the name of Jesus.
you be lifted higher i belong to you i am nothing without you you be lifted high you be lifted higher i belong to you i am nothing without you
some of you might find it a little different that we're not singing all Christmas songs. But I hope you know this is really intentional. I don't know if you've seen this beautiful painting. Pastor Paul's going to talk more about this, but this is, I said this morning, Daddy Joseph. <laughs> Jesus is Daddy Joseph. And as I'm picking these songs, I'm thinking of the one that Brian just sang, Be Lifted High, and how these had to have been the prayers of Joseph that, that I'm going to lay down my life, and I'm going to lay down my pride, right, to be the father of this, of this child. And, um, and that's very much my heart in this next song as well. We're going to sing Rain in Us, which is a common chorus, but I'm thinking of how much the Christmas story is just woven in our every day. And so I just want to encourage you and challenge you that, yes, these are Christmas songs too, because they are all so tied together. And so um, let's just keep in mind as we prayerfully sing that God would come and reign in our hearts, that this was also the cry of the man named Joseph. You thought of us before the world began to breathe. You knew our names before we came to be. You saw the very day we'd fall away from you. Now desperately we'd need to be
Father, thank you for today. Lord, on this first Sunday of Advent, we celebrate your coming into this world. Lord, we understand Advent to me, God with us, the coming of you into who we are. Lord, this isn't just about celebrating something that happened 2,000 years ago, but it's about celebrating your presence here with us today. It's about celebrating your presence in our lives. It's about how our lives are so much better because of you. And so today, Lord, we just thank you for everything that we have. And we ask and invite you to come and be a part of who we are right now in this moment. Lord, we know you're a part of this service. You tell us where two or more people are gathered in your name, there you are also. But Father, as individuals this morning, we just wanna say, come and be a part. Speak to us this morning, talk to us. Speak to the parts of us that need to hear from you the absolute most. Speak to the parts of us that we don't even know need to hear you. We rest today knowing that you know us far better than we know ourselves. And so, Father, this morning, we just thank you for your presence, for your love for us, and for all that we have. It's in your name we thank you. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you to all who, who work so hard to decorate and beautify the church, uh, the ladies uh, that did the decorations outside in the um, foyer area. Uh, I think Amy did a lot in here, at least the trees. And then if you'll notice on the back wall, there's, there's chalk art on the, the backboard that literally took Jack and Nancy Thompson hours to do. And it's very detailed. Take the time to look at that. And then, of course, we have some artwork from, from Chloe Brogan as well, which we'll talk about a little bit more of uh, Joseph and and Jesus, and so uh, we have such a talented church, so many people that can do so many different things, and you see that with your praise team, you see this with the artwork, and just appreciate all uh, that you've done to beautify the church for this series, for this Christmas season. Uh, th this series is called Christmas Scenes, and as we think about this, we're going to be looking at some snapshot scenes, some scenes in the Christmas story, and I thought about, with the phrase Christmas scenes, I can't help but think about Christmas movies. Anybody watch any Christmas movies yet? Okay, we've had a handful of Christmas movies. How many, how many has already watched Elf? 
you know, can nobody watch Elf? Okay. So I have some scenes from movies. I'm going to, what movie is this from? I would have taken Home Alone 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, whichever. Wouldn't have taken Uncle Buck. What's this from? Frosty. That's good. All right. You guys are good. That's this next one. Yes, but what's the movie? Nope, I don't think so. A year without a Santa Claus, okay? Oh, you guys, all right. Two out of three, that's, that's, a, that's a D minus, and uh, we, can, we can move on. But we're talking about, in this scene, we're, we're talking about familiar scenes and familiar words. Um, Amy talked about, in these scenes in Christmas, well, the focus of it is God in the flesh, right? When we're talking about Christmas, we're talking about God in the flesh, God with us. And, and God's desire truly, and, and I think it, it's important what Amy said, God's desire is not to be in the flesh simply during December, but God's desire for Christmas was it to change everything. And so we talk about being living sacrifices, and we talk about these things, and God being present in us. We see this in the Christmas season, but it's not just for a season, it's for life. And so Chloe's drawn here. This is Joseph and baby Jesus, and, and we're going to be talking about Joseph and, and love, and there's going to be artwork each week as we, we move through different scenes in the Christmas story, and uh, I think we're going to put these on the back after we don't know, everybody just go. I'd encourage you to come up and see these closely. Just detailed artwork. She's 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 very talented in this, and and we'd encourage you to come up, and then we'll figure out what we're doing after the season with these these pieces of art. We don't know what to do yet, and so that's details will be coming on that. But we're in Matthew chapter one, verse eighteen through twenty-five. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. <laughs> and so this, this beautiful story of Joseph that, that we've heard so often speaks to us of love. It, it tells us what love looks like. Now, now we're, love is a word that, that we use often, right? I, I love my wife and my family. I also love ice cream, right? So, so love is a word that we use in many different forms. Love is a word that's associated with emotion and desire. You know, we, we have love songs and love poems and love stories. And, and, and the hallmark, you can watch Christmas love stories over and over and over, right? Even in July. But love is more than just an emotional feeling. 
Love is beyond that when we talk about love, particularly biblical love. Now, in the Greek, there's, there's three really basic words that you see associated with love. You see eros, or, or physical love. You see filio, and brotherly, friendship-like love. So you have Philadelphia, the, the city of brotherly love. You have agape, which is godlike love. And, and these, you know, there's variations of these words, but, but really you see these three words kind of associated with love in the Bible. Now, eros, physical love, is not bad. You know, physical love is positive between a husband and a wife. As a matter of fact, there's a whole book in the Bible called the Song of Solomon that you cannot read without blushing that talks about physical attraction between a man and a woman. Filio, brotherly love. That, that, that is a good friendship is good. It's necessary and it's good and it's a positive kind of love. But agape love... This is a love beyond emotion, beyond simple friendship, beyond just physical attraction, and it's God's call for us. Agape love can be defined like this. Agape love is a self-sacrificing, unconditional love that does what is best for the object of their love. It's not a feeling, but an action, a decision of the will that leads to real action. Joseph demonstrates agape love. He made himself available for God to use. He was obedient to the will of God, and his obedience was a benefit for both Mary and Jesus. He provided a home. He provided protection. He cared for an expecting mother. He cared for a newborn boy, a newborn baby. The scripture is striking to me. It doesn't say, and Mary gave birth to a male child. It doesn't say that Mary gave birth to a boy. It says she gave birth to a son. And I think there's a lot of significance in that word, son. It signifies a relationship not only with the heavenly father, but with the earthly father, where he cared for and protected and provided for the needs and loved Jesus. <laughs> if you have a son, you know what that means. We can imagine that he faced some criticism for his actions, right? Uh, I, I don't think it's likely that Joseph was the only one that knew that Mary was expecting. So, so I, I believe that Joseph probably faced some family criticism, some community criticism, maybe was ostracized. They, 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 they end up in uh, Nazareth eventually. And so I think there's probably some possibilities that he faced some criticism. From, from the world's view, if you're going to think that God's going to entrust some huge act to somebody, Joseph wouldn't be a likely candidate. He's a simple carpenter. And it wouldn't look from the outside that he would have a lot to offer. But he gave what he had to Mary and Jesus. And God used it. His simple sacrifice made a difference.
You know, that's the significance of the song, The Little Drummer Boy. And I think it's kind of interesting we chose that song this week. We didn't coordinate that, but this ideal of the little drummer boy, you think, what, what's the song? Uh, what, what can it, shall I play for him? That's fun. Let's all do that together. Shall I play for him? <laughs> what's he have to offer? All he has to offer is to play a drum. So this Christmas season, we, we believe it's important that we do things that, that may not be world-changing in and of, of themselves, but as we do them together, we believe that we can change the world around us. We can change the lives of those around us. So Operation Angel Tree, these are children of parents who are incarcerated. And, and, and I'll be honest, if you don't get out there pretty quick after service and get one of these ornaments, you'll be left behind. I'd encourage you, get an ornament. Get it in here by next week. This is by a very simple act. You can demonstrate love. We're also going to be participating with Blessings in a Backpack. Now, now Blessings in a Backpack is a community organization, and it's, it's been around for, I believe, six or seven years, eight years or so. Um, Amy started this, not Amy Davis, but another Amy in her community started this because she had a backpack that her son had outgrown and she wanted to donate this backpack. And so she began to look at what she could do with this backpack and she stumbled on this ministry, Blessings in a Backpack, where hundreds of kids are fed each week uh, by community folks. And so we're going to play a video and then I'm going to tell you how or offer how you can participate.
Amy does this in her house, um, not too far from where I live. And, uh, and so how can you participate? In the back of the sanctuary, you have little cards, which would make up one pack for this week. More than 260 kids each week are fed by blessings in the backpack in the Marysville area. Our, our goal is to collect everything that was needed for one week as they go to Christmas break. Right, Amy or Stephanie? By the way, our own Stephanie Smith made that video. We didn't get that online. Stephanie did that video, and I'm really proud of her. That was an awesome video. But our goal is to collect everything ne needed to com completely cover the Christmas break bags, which holds a little bit more than the week-to-week -week bags. There's, a, there's an online sign-up sheet. It'll also be on the screen. You can pull out your phones and use your QR codes. You guys want to try your phones and see if you can get it from your seat? Anybody, anybody going to try it? Nobody's going to try it? Everybody? Okay, we got one. Okay. Um, the items can be dropped off before or after services and events now through December 11th. On December 11th, the gym will be open from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. to collect the items, and after which we'll count them, sort them, and deliver them to Amy. Uh, we're excited about this. We, we believe God has placed this ministry in our midst, and we are excited as a staff. We hope you are as well, uh, that in this ministry you can feed kids in your local community. It's amazing what God can do when we're obedient. Uh, God was, uh, Joseph was obedient to God, and in his obedience, God did amazing things. Uh, we believe that Amy has been obedient in the, the blessings in a backpack, and God has fed hundreds upon hundreds of kids because of her obedience. What a remarkable thing. So let me ask you, what is God asking you to give? What, what in this Christmas season, besides uh, Operation Angel Tree and besides blessing in a backpack, where is God calling you to serve? How is God calling you to give? What act of obedience is God calling from you? See, our gestures of love do not have to be big to have a huge impact. Simple, ordinary things, buying a few items of, of food can have a huge impact impact. Mother Teresa, I was looking through Blessings in the Backpacks Facebook page and they had a quote from Mother Teresa. She says this, if you can't feed a hundred people, then just feed one. <laughs> what a profound thing. See, we don't have to feed 260 kids this weekend, but you can feed one. And if we all do our part, we can have a major impact in this ministry. Back to Joseph. Joseph was literally loving God wrapped in the flesh. And our call from God is the same. We are called to love others. And in a very powerful way, when Jesus says, as you do this for the least of these, you do them for me, we are loving God when we are loving other folks. Once again, to, to quote from Mother Teresa, do ordinary things with extraordinary love. See, our call is to love. And our call to love is to simply care for others. And God gives us opportunities every week where we can simply meet the needs of other folks beyond emotion, beyond friendship, just extending the love 
of God. Now we're going to close with communion. And there are going to be unusual elements for us this morning, but not worldwide. This morning for, you, for our elements, instead of using grape juice, we're using grape pop. And instead of using those little thin, tasteless wafers, we're, we're using some Ritz crackers because everything tastes better when it sits on a Ritz, right? Um, you know, that, that's unusual for us, but can I tell you that's not unusual globally? I, I've been on many mission fields. I've been in Guatemala many times where communion was served just in this way. Not, not because they were not sacred people, but because they used what they had, the ordinary things in their pantry, the, the crackers in their pantry, the great pop they could get at a corner market. And so oftentimes, I believe the way we serve communion loses its impact. Can I tell you the most powerful communion I ever had? It wasn't even called communion. It was on a mountaintop in Guatemala with a church full of people that, that were trying, they were burning rocks, breaking rocks to build a church in the side of the mountain. That They were disabled, many of them, because they had been oppressed. And, and they served cheese and crackers and grape pot. And we ate these things together and God was present in the midst in that ordinary event. See, communion, oftentimes, the way we receive it, it's disconnected from real life. I love communion anytime we take it, but, but can, can we admit that oftentimes the little cups, the tasteless wafers, it, it, it's, it's not ordinary. You don't do it at home. Um, Jesus uses bread and wine. Ordinary, everyday elements of every meal. It would have had flavor. And the elements remind us, I believe Jesus was trying to have us understand through the elements, that God is in the things that bring flavor to life. That, that when you sit and you gather around a table with your family in that ordinary event, God can bring flavor and significance if you find him in the midst of it. Jesus wants to be present in our ordinary life. It reminds us that Jesus does bring flavor, that we're nourished by him. And we can go and love others in the same way. So I'm going to ask Dave and Alicia to come and begin to, to get our elements together. And um, I'm going to say a quick prayer as they're doing this. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Lord, in these elements, they're different. But you're here. May, may we begin to see you, Lord, in the ordinary aspects of life. The meals with family and friends. The opportunities to serve in our community going to our work, going to school. Lord, may we, um, may we not just be people who make you Lord of the significant events of our life, but we, may we be the people where you are king of the ordinary. And in those ordinary moments, you can bring flavor and life. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. We ask that we dismiss from the back and come forward and receive the elements, and then I'll give you further instructions um, in just a moment. As I stand and look at you, and I think at some point, you know, God will be taking me, and and I won't have the privilege of doing this. And any any time I I I do these rather unique. I know this is unique, um, and, and I know it may be different. I wonder what's the reason, what's the impact, and my hope is. that maybe this week or next week or a year from now or 10 years from now that you or your kids will pick up a rich cracker in their ordinary daily life and remember that Jesus died for them and he loves them and he wants to be part of everyday life not just your church service that maybe they'll get a grape soda and they'll take a drink and remember of a communion service and be reminded of the love of Jesus, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you. Eat and be grateful. This will take longer, I know. blood of Jesus. Drink and be grateful. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful that you bring flavor to life. You, you take ordinary things and make them significant. You, you take ordinary gifts, all that we have. Maybe it's no more than the ability to play a drum but you can take those things and you can use them for your kingdom and your glory and you can use them in extraordinary ways. Lord, may we never forget that, that, that you are the God not just of the extraordinary, but you are the God of the ordinary. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you thanks for this day, for these people, for this season. Lord, may we live fully in the moment of Christmas, God wrapped in the flesh, not just in December, but throughout our year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless.